I'm Allison Katzkowski, otherwise known as The Allison K. I'm a fitness innovator and entrepreneur turned business mentor and retreat master. A client experience is more than just making the sale or the transaction. A client experience is about how it's put together so that clients can receive amazing real transformation. Here you'll hear all about how the industry leaders are creating amazing experiences. I'm always going to give it to you straight because I know your time is valuable. Are you ready? Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody, it's Allison Katzkowski. Thank you for tuning in again this week for another edition of Creating the World's Best Client Experiences. If you've been following me for a while, you know that this is the space and the show to listen to when you want to learn more about creating not just amazing client experiences, but really creative and innovative client experiences. That's what we're here to talk about because a client experience is much more than a transaction or just another item on the to-do list. We want people to always feel like they're being heard and that they're being included. Today, my guest is an expert in this very area. Uh, Today, I have Andrea Rindell with me, who is the founder of the Legacy Creative. It's an agency, and she helps support other business owners doing this very same thing. So we're going to have a really great, rich conversation around how to do all of these things. So if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, and this is something on your list, You definitely want to make sure that you're paying attention to this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Of course. Fantastic. So why don't we start with you? I know we were talking a little bit before we hopped on here, but tell me, tell my audience a little bit about you, your background. I know your background's in publishing, but but you've done a lot of other things too. So tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. So I actually grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My parents owned a motel. So from an early days, I was, you know, around customer service and how to be around clients and customers as much as possible. And then, yeah, totally. And then about just a little more than a dozen years ago, I ended up in the publishing industry and I was helping authors promote their books to like New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller status. So I worked with some really big name authors, being able to help them create a marketing plan for their book. And then what was the path from people reading their book to doing business with them? And what was that business behind their book? which brought me to an obsession about how do we create amazing brand experiences and amazing customer journeys and experiences that are truly transformational. I've spent lots of time in the health and fitness space and the personal growth space. Those are the two areas where the majority of my clients tend to to come from. A little bit business coaching as well, but for the most part, they're into one of those three categories. So I've worked with people who and help them design experiences that transform their clients, that create something that's like truly understood. Clients are different after they work with people that I work with. So I'm obsessed with end user experiences. That's what I call them. You know, the people that we're creating, whether it's an online program, a retreat, a book, anything that when people interact with you and your brand, when they walk away, they feel better and they have something that's different from what they've experienced in some other place. Yeah. And, and also you want them to walk away feeling more clear about what the next steps are. I know I see that a lot on the retreats that I run. It's like my people leave and say, I've got a path. I've got a path forward. I can see it. Right. Yeah. There's, I think you and I were talking about this just a little bit before, like, what are some things we hear in the industry and where, where's, you know, the retreat and the transformational industry space. I think a lot of 
us that go to retreats and participate in anything that's personal growth based, we don't just want to like go and enjoy three days and then go come back home to exactly like it was before. We're looking for something that we go there and then we are transformed and we're different. And when we come home, we have a different set of actions and activities and habits that we're able to build into our life that elevate from where we were before to where we are after. Yes, because let's just be honest. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There's a lot of talk about retreats, especially online, that are really nothing more than getaways and vacations, in my opinion. And yeah, totally. <laughs> with that, but look, let's be honest for a minute. You're, you might go away and have an amazing time with people, but when you come home, everything is still the same. And to me, that's really not a retreat. That's not what change is about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So and- for, for just a minute, before we get into... Um, what a little bit, you know, about how you help your clients do this. What are some of the things that you're hearing from other business owners on, especially online now about how they're creating? What are, what are some of the obstacles that you think they're having with creating client experiences? I think keeping people interested and engaged is the biggest obstacle that people have, especially because If you're working in any sort of hybrid environment or something where there is online, it's so easy for people to have other distractions, right? Like we're all, this is, I think the world problem right now. Everybody's distracted. They have a little thing that, you know, like my phone's right here, right? Like they can have their phone in their hand. They can be distracted. They're thinking about something else all the time. So I think number one is getting engagement and people to actually want to stay locked in to what it is that you're doing and then participate, which the way you get over that in many ways is to create a psychologically safe environment for people so that they feel like they belong and you are inclusive and you are including them and that they feel like they're part of co-creating whatever space it is that you're holding for them. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing people struggle with is how do you do get engagement? And then that's for the end users and the clients. How do you create engagement for them? Which means that for the, the visionary, the host, the person who's putting the curriculum together, how do you design you know, lengths of sessions and order of sessions and what do you do in them and how do you do exercises and how do you keep people engaged and what's the right length of time to talk versus put people in breakout rooms versus put them in experiences? You know, what does that look like? What's the actual mix of activities that you need in time to keep people engaged? Yeah. And I mean, I just to piggyback on what you're saying, what I see a lot, and I've, I've I've seen this some in the clients that I've worked with and also in just my conversations with other business owners, there's almost this tricky thought that you have to pack a whole lot of stuff in and that if there's not a lot packed in, that people aren't going to be interested, that they're not going to want to buy, that they're not going to want to be a part of it. And my rebuttal to that is always three words, less is more. Absolutely. And people get this thing like, and I, it comes from a good place. Like people have, I want to create value. And so yeah. value is giving them more. Yeah. I actually don't really agree with that. I think value is having deep understanding. If somebody walks away with one aha that they're like, holy crud, this is going to have changed my whole trajectory in my life. That's value. So understanding is where value comes from. However, we think that packing it all in is what produces value. But the truth is, I'm also, by the way, a really big brain science nerd. My background in marketing and branding is really all about how do you understand people's brains and how they process information. Our working memory is really super limited. It only has space for four items, plus or minus two. That's it. The the little working memory is teeny weeny. It's like a little tiny whiteboard in our mind. So if we, as the 
givers of information, if we as the teachers, the educators, the retreat hosts, whatever you want to call yourself, give people too much, all we do is just overload their working memory and they remember nothing. Yeah, It's all just out because they can't remember it. There's no transformation in that. Yeah, because then... Yeah, here's the other thing that I that I like to say. You don't want it to feel like a conference or a workshop. You want it to feel like this is this is really a one of a kind container that's allowing me to focus on maybe it's the one thing or maybe it's two things or maybe it's just more clarity in general. You know, it's going to be different for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, and some space. Like I think that we're all overwhelmed, as I said. Like there's lots of there's so many little hits and notifications we get some white space for the participants just to think and reflect and have a quiet minute to write their thoughts down and gather what they're thinking, especially for those of us that are introverted, but even just in general, giving people white space and quiet is transformational for them because then they get time to process and think about what it is that you just presented to them and then giving them time to talk. Because that's really how we understand and remember things is when we're able to hear our own voice and multiple perspectives and multiple conversations. So giving them some breakout room time, some time to talk and connect with one another is a really important key. To- yeah, absolutely. And I really think that there's an art to being able to do that in a way, like putting the right elements in place so that people do feel like they get what they need. Because what yes. Susie needs, for example, is going to be different than what Deborah needs, right? I mean, like, absolutely. and we have to keep that in mind that not everybody's going to want the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's there are ways to do that. Like, I think there's ways to design curriculum that everybody does get what they need by using some really common models. Uh, like one that we use on a regular basis is, do you have a big idea? Do you have some nuts and bolts? Do you have some entertainment? And do you have some hope in what you're teaching? As long as you can encompass those four like that components into what it is that you're teaching, you're going to meet everybody's needs. Because some people, like I tend to be somebody who really likes hope, like tell me a good story and show me how they're going to help the world and do all that, right? Other people are like... Yeah, that's how I get inspired. And then there's other people who need the checklist. Like they want the nuts and bolts. And they want things that are like, okay, I need a checklist. I need a to-do. I need a template. I need you to show me how someone else has used this. That's how they fully understand it. Other people just really need you to make it fun before they're engaged. So if you don't start out with something that's fun and get them to laugh or smile or dance or whatever it is that makes it fun, that's the entertainment piece. And then there's the really big picture thinkers that really need you to draw the big picture before you start anything. So they kind of go, okay, I get where we're going. Like, hey, we're going on a road trip. We're in California. We're headed to New York. Now I'm engaged. So it's important that you hit everybody's needs and you can do it in a small period of time. That's how you have to make sure you're not trying to pack too much in though. Yes. No, I love everything that you just said. This is everything that I talk about. And I just, you know, there's a part of me that gets really frustrated when I see other business owners talking about And we're going to, it's like this long laundry list, almost like a checklist. Like you go to a grocery store and it's like, okay, where's my list so that I don't end up overspending. Right. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. That's not the right way to do it. Yeah. 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 It's really about the thing that I find that the, that we all, and we are all guilty of this. So I'm not like pointing fingers at anybody, but what we want to do, because we're so like, Hey, I want to produce value for my clients again, is that we want to give them everything and we want to just be like, and then, and then, and then, and then, <laughs> which is so common. And it's really the the phrase I use and the keys I use all the time with any client, whoever I'm working with is 
what does your audience need to know versus what is nice to know? Mm, Because if you can just stick to what they need to know, they'll fill in the blanks. Yes. Like it's good. Just stick to like, is this like a need to know or a nice to know? If you really only have, you know, if you're on a TED talk stage and you really only have 20 minutes, you stick to the need to know and you drop everything else. And if you think about that with everything that you're creating and really think about your end user, like really have empathy when you're creating your your journeys for people, like your transformational journeys. It's like, what do they need to, and then stick to that. Really, Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I love that because I feel like, you know, I'll just be honest. I'm a teacher at heart. You know, I, yeah. I built a business doing that and I'm still adjunct faculty at a small women's college here in Raleigh where I live. Um, and I mean, that's just a fancy way of saying part-time, but whatever. I mean, you got the whole, you got the point there. But my tendency, it used to be years ago, was just to keep giving all this information. Because as a teacher, it's like, that's my tendency. And I know my learning style. I'm an auditory learner. So I know I enjoy like listening to it. That's why going to lecture and anything was always much more helpful for me. But we have to remember that not everybody is like that. And to your point, you know, most people see much more profound change when they're smaller bits and th- bits and pieces, if you will, of things that are included. And then it's, it's again, it's the less is more thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, the more you can, and I mean, you touched on something else too, that you're an auditory learner. So there's other people that are more kinesthetic learners. So maybe they need to move and get it into their body to be like, okay, I understand this is different. And then other people need to see it in a visual manner. So show them a pie chart or a graph or an infographic or, you know, the way it might look it out so they can see it, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And some people are like story learners. So they really need to see it in a couple of examples, you know, or an analogy that'll make sense to them. Cause we re- if we remember that our audience, our participants, anybody we're ever dealing with, they they come to us with pre-existing knowledge, right? Like it's not like they're like some blank slate. They come smart people already, and they come already having a bunch of experiences. I mean, you mentioned this about your audience a lot that there are people who, um, I love the way you said it. You're like, hey, my people are seekers and learners, and you know they've already tried some stuff. So if they've yeah. already tried some stuff, but before they show up at your retreat, remember that about them. And so, you know, draw an analogy, give them something that they'll understand that they're like, hey, this is like A is to B. And then, you know, that's just another way to present that same information over and over again. So pick one big idea, stick to it per session, and then present it in different perspectives. So everybody gets it in the room. Now you have a fully engaged room. of. Yeah, no, I love that. And that's just, again, this is like just a simple something you know, again, I think we tend to make things harder than they need to be. I think it's just kind of human nature, right? They're like, it's almost like, well, it can't be that easy. It can't be that simple. It needs to be much more involved. Yeah, totally. I was working last week with a group of geophysicists and oh boy, uh, I know, and, a, and some engineers and I was in the room and they were trying to get their marketing message, you know, like really cl- simple and clean and clear. And when it came right down to it, me being a reasonably smart human yet i really didn't know what they do for work it was really simple like when they had to explain it to me they're like no 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 what it means is this i'm like great that's what you need to tell your audience you know like it's really usually way more simple than you make it me then like a subject matter expert always knows way more than their audience needs to know their audience only needs to know a little bit if you just know this one piece you can fill in some blanks 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think definitely like keeping it simple is always something that I think we need to just keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. If I, the other, another trick I use, if you can't keep something simple is, and you're a teacher, so you'll get this. How would you explain it to a room of five-year-olds? Like Uh, if someone's having a hard time explaining something to me, I'll say, can you just do me a favor and explain it to me like I'm five? And instantly they have a better way to explain it. And then I'll go back to that point and say, great, let's start there and move on. Let's be honest. If when we get confused, what happens? We don't do anything. We don't take action. We don't buy. We don't make a decision. We don't decide one way or the other you know, what's going to be the best thing for us. And so instead of like shoveling all the information out, it's like, maybe it's just make one simple point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then let the audience have time to internalize it, right? So that time to reflect, the time to ask some questions, the time to talk to their neighbor or do a breakout group and say like, hey, I found this surprising about the presentation. What did you find surprising about the presentation? And give them some time to interact. Because that's often like, For me, I'm one of those people that when I go to a retreat or I participate in something, a lot of my learning comes from the hallways. Like it comes from the other people I meet. It comes from the community. It comes from over dinner. It it doesn't necessarily come just from sitting in session. It comes from the entire experience as a transformation. Right, exactly. And sometimes those little tiny, I call them tiny moments, will just kind of drop in when you're having dinner or you're having quiet time or whatever, right? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about how you structure your offers and how you help your clients. Um, Since this show is about client experiences, um, tell me a little, I know you've got a couple of ways that you support your people. And I know we were talking before we got online that a lot of your people are either writing a book or they've written a book. At least Mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the segues that you have into helping your clients. So let's talk a little bit about that. How is your client experience set up? Yeah. So when I work with a client, there's somebody who has an already somewhat successful business. So I'm careful how I say this when I talk to business owners, because we never think our business is successful enough, right? Like we're always thinking forward. So we're like, yay, like, of course, my business is where I want it to be. But they've probably already generated at least six figures in the last year or two, you know, like they've sold some of what they're doing. They've got a pretty good proof of concept. You know, they know who their clients are. Uh, they know who their clients are not. You know, they've probably had a couple disastrous client experiences where they're like, whoa, I don't want to work with those people again. Yeah, or, Yay, I, you know, like, I mean, we've all run, I've run so many different events and sometimes there's this one or two participants that I'm like, oh, I miss, you know, it's just a mismatch, like yeah, nothing right. against anyone. It's just not the, it's not the best alignment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're already running a successful business and they're looking at how do I take this and make it more successful? How do I streamline it and make it scale? How do I, you know, understand what are the activities that light me up as the business owner that give me the most amount of joy that give me and that I can help the most amount of people that I can provide the most amount of transformation. So a lot of times what we're doing at the beginning is learning is going through like, what are you doing that's working and what can we stop doing? Right. And how can we get an offer for you structured in a way that's going to give you the business that you want? And a lot of that comes down to business model. So you and I were talking about your beginning of you know, you used to only do live retreat, plus you had a studio, right? So that was your business model. You had a studio, you had live retreat. That really was what at the end of the year, when you filed your taxes, those were the line items of income. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's different business models for different business owners based on a whole bunch of variables. Like what are you doing? That's already working. And then 
who are you as a person and what kind of lifestyle? I know you're big on self-care too, you know, like how do we design a business that's going to give you the life you want, that gives you time for self-care that, you know, lights you up as the owner. And then who are the clients you want to serve? Like who are people that you know, you can make a a massive impact on their life by doing whatever it is. And that really allows you to dial in to what your skill sets really are. I see that a lot in the entrepreneurs that I work with. They're so used to doing their business one way or maybe dabbling in a second way, right? And then they're like, all of a sudden, the business world is changing and social media has really helped. You know, I don't know if it's helped or hindered it, really. It can probably be both depending on the day of the week. Um, But what happens is, is that we don't, we're not as relevant as we were. We kind of get left behind. And so one of the things that I help my entrepreneurs do is, is update, kind of innovate their business model so that they have a digital footprint that continues to grow so yep. they can continue to reach more people, but at the same time, do what they really love the most. Yeah, absolutely. So then that informs like, what does their current business model need to be yeah. like? Like maybe the business model needs to shift a little bit. So there's hybrid, there's completely online. There's like you say, a digital footprint. There's all these different pieces. And the other thing that I often help clients with or one way that I like segment my clients is if they want to go from working one-on-one to one to many. You know, yeah. how do you take something and go from him still only working one-on-one with people to moving it to a mastermind, a group coaching program, a group retreat thing. And then also again, hybrid. Maybe there's some in-person portions of it, some online portions of it. How do you design a really robust business with an offer? And there really has to be a match. Like this is if I could say one thing that people walk away with, it's yeah. Make sure that you're matching your avatar with that business model. So there's just smooth alignment, you know, like. Love that. Just make sure you're matching that. The business model and the avatar, those two things can blend. You can build any business you want. It's just getting the right person in front of the right offer. Yeah. And then delivering as a subject matter expert. Right. And keeping in mind, not just who your audience is, but where they are, you know, like. Everybody is online these days for something. And it's like one of the, the the beliefs that a lot of my entrepreneurs have is that being online is too hard. It's too time consuming. It's like a big black hole. And I'm like, yeah, that's very true. It can be. But if you have a strategy to your point that's really aligned with who your people are and what it is that you're offering them, then that's your whole objective is to maximize online to make that work for you. And once you have that little alchemy figured out, ignore everything else, you know, like, oh, you're not my ideal client. No problem. Here's, you know, and that's where like networking or something is fantastic. You're not my ideal client, but go see this person over here. Or, hey, I don't know that I'm the best person to help you, but go over there. Because ultimately, I mean, business owners, I think most of us, we want to provide value for the money we collect. So if I don't think I can take someone's money and then give them back a return on that investment, then it's not responsible of me to take their money. So I think most business owners feel that way. So then, you know, once you've got that alchemy figured out, just focus on that. And then it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Like once you know exactly who you serve and where they're at in their journey and what solution you can provide for them, it doesn't have to be. It it gets quite simple at that point. Yeah, well, and it's figuring it's, that out, right? A little totally. bit of a journey, but once you have it figured out, it's a really good. Yeah, thing. but being able to navigate and like just talk to people, and if anything else, if it's a no as far as a client that a possible client or a, or making a sale, 
then maybe you can do get some free marketing research out of it and gather that information so that you know better how to position yourself. There's always a win in there somewhere if you're willing to look. Always. Absolutely. And like, if we get really obsessed with client transformation, like who are our clients and how can we help their life be better? Yeah. You're just forever curious. Yeah. And the more curious you are, the more they'll tell you. Yeah. And then they'll just say, you know, like, I'm not really struggling with this. I'm really struggling with this other thing. Oh, great. I can help you there or I can't. Humans only have so many problems that we're struggling with at once. And so if we can get really client focused. But on the other hand, we can't be good at everything. So I love what you just said about, look, know what you do well, you know, focus on being the best you can at what you do the best, right? And then, I mean, when I talk to people and I'm like, yeah, I, I totally hear you. I don't think I'm the best person for you. Here's who I think you need to talk to. I mean, to me, that comes from a space of abundance and higher energy rather than the old model, which is, well, that's not really what I do. However, I can help you with this over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. A lot of that's still going on, if I'm being honest. There's tons of that going on. And I, it's one of the things I'm out on a mission to stand against is I really feel it's unethical for us to sell, whether it's like a digital program, coaching program, a mastermind, something like that to somebody that you know, can't actually implement what you're teaching. It's just, it's like any, the analogy I give all the time, it's like selling juggling balls to somebody with no arms. That's just me. Don't do it. You know, like, and I just, I have a, it's very prominent in certain parts of certain industries. And yet I it just, you know, I, it makes me angry. So I won't do it and I won't participate in it. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to zero in on this show just about when I talk to other business owners about this whole concept, because I feel like in the coaching industry, this is pretty rampant right now. There's a lot of people. And unfortunately, the downside to that is that there's a lot of people who've made significant investments and have not gotten a return on their investment. And it was st- simply because either they weren't the best fit or something didn't quite line up. And look, I'm not saying it's any one person's fault, but it's just, it, it's going to take us really talking specifically about, look, this is the problem. And it's not that that person did something wrong. It just wasn't the best arrangement, right? Yeah. And I yeah. feel like we have to be brutally honest about that because the bad thing, the other bad thing about that that comes out of that is, is that it, it makes people gun shy to take a chance to do something different in their business, right? So it, it literally holds other people back from seeing the change that they want. Yeah, it can. If someone's been burnt once then or twice, then it can make them nervous to invest with somebody different or, yeah. yeah. And you know, that that's on both sides. And I think like as buyers, we can also be listen to our intuition, ask really good buying questions, like really get clear, you know, who's the best person to help me get to the next stage of whatever it is that I'm looking at in my business. Yeah. Yeah. Because generally speaking, at least I see this a lot too, business owners who are consistently jumping around between coaches and programs. I mean, to me, that's like, okay, somebody's not doing their homework here. It's either the people that is, is onboarding you or it's the person needs to get really clear on what they think they need. Mm-hmm. And I think like for those kinds of people that tend to sometimes bounce and jump, sometimes they don't know how to ask the difference between where am I getting information, coaching, mentorship, support versus implementation. 
you know, who, where is an expense that I'm going to take on in my business that is implementation? Like it's, there's one person to say, Hey, this is what you should do with your social media. There's another thing. If someone's like, look, I'll create six posts a week for you and I will post them and I will respond to your comments. Those are two very different scope of services. And frankly, I mean, I've owned a business my whole life. I've always had both. I have people who implement for me and I have coaches. And I think that business owners need both. It's just make sure that you have the right relationship figured out with what you're doing. We're far more of an implementation company. Like what we actually, and this is driven from my desire to see people succeed. We write copy, we do graphics, we build landing pages, we help them design the experience, but we actually implement for them. Like we're like, hey, you're not paying us for coaching, you're paying us to do the work. Yeah. So that you can sit on a podcast, give someone a link, and that link will generate business for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a lot of people, I think, know what it is that they want to do, but then they've got this tricky thought that, you know, I'm going to go up once I have, once I finish this, I'll get over here and do it. And that just slows you down too. So I'm a big fan of the done for you. Just, just fix it for me kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, anybody who is successful at a digital, or an information style business, they have support and they have help. They are not doing everything by themselves. You know, I've run multiple seven figure companies. There's always multiple number of team members behind, whether they're part-time, full-time contract. I mean, there's so many different ways to get the work done. You do need help to get it done though. You know, that's how you get to multiple seven figures. Yeah. Yeah. So then multiple six figures, you need help. Yeah. So really what I'm hearing you say in all of this is, is that there's you really individualize each person. It's not, you don't really have it. You have a template, but it's a very loose template that you use with people where, you know, there, there are certain things that you look for, I guess, with, with each new client. And then you have your ideas, they have their ideas and you kind of find some. So there's an individualized, customized piece to this approach that you use. Mostly. Um, what we do is we have like the, so think of like, the way I explain it sometimes to people is that we'll build you a digital infrastructure, your digital real estate. So just like if you were building a house, you'd go to the house builder and they'd make sure you have a foundation, the walls, the roof, the plumbing, the um, the electrical, the kitchen, the bathrooms, right? Everything's built. Once you move into that house, it's your obligation to maintain the home, right? But we are actually the builders of digital real estate. So while yes, we do customize it, like we take, we do a lot of intake the first three or four weeks when I work with someone, it's a lot of intake, like, Hey, you've got this, you've got that. It's a lot of auditing, figuring out what is there. And then basically we put it in what some of my clients call it like magic boxes. So we're like, okay, this is what you have. That means these boxes are full. Now we need to go and fill in the rest of the boxes so that you have a fully functioning digital business. And that might include everything. Almost always it includes some sort of brand clarification for them avatar clarification, offer clarification, you know, like what is it really that those three things always come into play? What are, who are you? What are we offering to whom? And, you know, and then what are they going to pay us for? And that's why those client transformations and the end user experience is what, like, I'm obsessed about brand. I'm obsessed about you as my client, making you happy and getting you like a really robust business. And then really, really think about our end users so that we are matching the right avatars with the right people. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's where a lot of the frustration is, is people say, well, my message isn't landing. The right people aren't. There's nothing wrong with your offer. But to your point, it's like it could be something as simple as like who you're putting in front of or where you're hanging out online. Right. Absolutely. And like you said, like where they're at in their journey, you know, like when somebody's ready to buy, 
they will buy. That's just how that works. Like somebody who buys retreats is going to buy retreats. And if they're looking for one to help them like overcome grief, they're good. And they're in a state of grief. They're going to get, they're going to buy, you know, but if there's somebody who's like, Hey, I have a new love relationship in my life and I'm not like grief isn't a part of their world right now. They're not going to buy that. Like you need to look at matching the person with the offer. Yeah. And like, be very clear about who is this for. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, one and of the who it's not. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. the longer you're in business, you're, you're going to evolve and change with things. And you really have to have your finger on that, you know, on a regular basis. You do. And there's some interesting brands that sometimes go like I've worked on brands where their audience has evolved and changed with the thought leader. So the thought leader like has little babies. So everybody has little babies and then they all have little like junior high kids and they all have junior high kids together. And then they all go through like empty nest syndrome together. Like There's absolutely journeys where maybe you take the same audience with you, or sometimes you just catch an audience when they're going through a phase, you know, like, okay, I'm only going to serve people who have little babies at home. Well, one day you don't need a diaper bag anymore. So therefore they move on. And you know, those are again, different business models with how you want to design your business. No, I like that. That's a really picturesque analogy that I think, (laughs) right? A diaper bag. Yeah, you're gonna like have babies with them and continue on, or like when they get to the diaper bag, it's done. No problem. You have a new fresh stream of people, and you're maybe passing those people off to like this is what you do when your kids go to kindergarten, you know. And that's where partnerships and relationships really matter beyond you. Let's talk for just a couple of minutes about the challenges that you have as a business owner with you staying fresh and relevant and you knowing that, and it, it sounds like from publishing to doing all these things that you've done, that you're, you commit to that, that practice regularly, but I'm sure there's been roadblocks for you along the way too. Oh, absolutely. So the first one was trying to be everything for everybody. So like what you're and hearing they- me say right now, I definitely was, you know, like I love a certain kind of person. I like working with visionaries. And so for a while, I tried to do everything for them. And it just doesn't work. It like, And my team did. Like my agency, I was like, eh, this isn't going to work anymore. Like, for example, we're not really great at long-term social media strategy. I Do I know how to get you set up so that you can? Yes. But then at some point, I don't want to be publishing your, like creating your content for you for, it's just not what we do. Um, every week after, and I have great partners that do that. You know, I don't do ad buying. I very briefly thought, oh, maybe we'll buy ads for people. Bad idea. Not something I'm interested in learning. No. So I think that was probably one of my early challenges was trying to do everything for everybody. Um, The downside of that, obviously, is it's hard to make a profitable, scalable business. The upside is I sort of have somewhat knowledge of the way a lot of pieces of digital businesses work. So at least I can say, I can look inside and say, eh, you know, like I can ask critical questions, even if I'm not the one to deliver on the service. Um, yeah. cause I've done, you know, I've, I've worked with so many different people. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the business challenges I've had. Um, but the other one I think that every business owner runs into is just more the personal challenge of how do I raise a family, raise a business, look after myself, find right. that, you know, like, and what is doing it all? I think for a long time. I don't have this anymore, but one of the first big up levels for me was learning how to just let go and trust that other people are going to do a fine job of whatever, you know, like really learn how to ask for support, take support, trust that someone's going to know more than me about something, learn how to hire right. Um, I remember that very first project where I really had to like let go of doing everything. And the woman I'd hired was basically like sitting with a pen and a paper 
in my office being, you know, watching what I was doing. And she's like, you won't ever do that again. From now on, I'm going to do that. Okay. You know, you're never going to wireframe a website again. I'm going to do that from now on. And I was like, okay. Um, I don't have that so much as a problem anymore, but I think really learning how to lean into leadership to let go Mm -hmm. is a lot. There's a lot lot. of trust involved. There's a lot of belief. You really have to be able to see it here first, right? That's what we always say. You have to be able to see it between your ears first. And the gateway to that, which I know aligns with what else you do is self-care. Like the real gateway to that is when I went all in on self-care is when the rest of that got easy. Like suddenly I reset my nervous system. I had the right habits and practices and meditations. I had the right healthy relationships in my life. I had the right curated environment. When that got really clear to my life, the business side actually got way easier. It is the gateway to letting go. It's just people, it's a weird gateway to let go. (laughs) It doesn't, it's kind of counterintuitive. Because honestly, I mean, business is challenging, but it can also be fun too. And, you know, there's no, there, I believe there's no lack in the world. The lack is what is created when we start thinking that this is hard, that, that this is too challenging, that I don't have time and all the other stories that we tell ourselves. So Absolutely. Our, our mind and bodies are the vessel through which we do our, we execute our purpose on this planet. And the more we dial that in, guess what? Your business is, it's going to definitely show up there. And your business is like, if you want a really fast path to personal spiritual growth, start yeah. a business and then go all in on it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> it will push every button and highlight every area for growth. And, you know, it's, I, I have two teenagers. It running a business has made me an infinitely better mother. Being an infinitely better mother has made me a better business owner. You know, like the two are just kind of parallel paths, but one will push a button where the other one won't. Nobody just- said it was ever going to be easy, but we get to choose our choose our hard, right? We choose yeah, yeah. We, we choose how we frame it right at the end of the day. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. Someone once said, I forgot who it was that I was talking to the other day. It might have been another guest, said, you know. Starting a business and running a business is like the the biggest and most profound journey and professional, I mean, personal development you'll ever do. And I'm like, yep, that's it. Yes. Yeah, it yep. really is. And it, you know, everything you want to learn about yourself, you could learn inside of being a better leader and inside of a business. If, you know, in every skill you want to develop, whether it's a soft skill yeah. or a hard skill, you can learn it from yeah. inside. Yeah, yeah, totally. So real quick before we wrap up, share with us some of your client wins. Some of like the oh. reasons things so that we can celebrate that with you. Yeah, yeah. So some of my favorite client wins are uh, just recently I had a woman in my office. We spent two days together. We got her brand really clear. She was already making six figures a year. So she, her business, like I said, she was already successful. She was doing a great job, but she just still was even talking like she didn't really have a business. Like, like you know, you're making more money yeah, than like right. most entrepreneurs right. and you do that. So we got really clear on how to talk about her her service and what she offered. And then we got clear on her signature program and her intellectual property, which I'm a big fan of like helping people identify their intellectual property. So I was like, look, here's your intellectual property. We put it in a model. We put it in a system for her. And she walked out of there within a month. She'd sold out her whole next year's worth of services, which was equal to multiple six figures. And she put a pitch in for a six figure gig to sell that IP program that we outlined. And I just talked to her on the weekend. She sold it to a big pharma company. So she walked away with 
I don't know. I mean, it was, it was multiple. I, I won't share the number because like it's a big right. number for her, but I mean, she did like she, so oh. right away she was like that. That's probably one of my favorite recent ones. One of my more past ones is when we were able to take, we took a health program and scaled it from when I started with them, they had like all 300 clients a year. And by the time we ended, they were in multiple thousands of clients per year, plus a group of about 300 health coaches that were working for that brand. Wow. And I just think it's amazing to be able to take something that works and help more people with it. That's what yeah. excites me. Yeah. 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 No. And I love that too, because ultimately, you know, it's our, it's our purpose that's really going to drive us every day. And people buy that as much as they buy what it is that we do. Right. Absolutely. I think people buy that more than what we do. I think yeah. that we buy just, you know, align, we buy alignment. There's so many options now. You can just yeah. be with people you want to be with. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Alignment is where it's at. So give us, give us your best piece of advice or takeaway, a simple tip, something for a business owner that's listening, um, other than reaching out to you, of course, um, about <laughs> like, you know, just something simple in there, something that you think an actionable something that someone could implement today. What do you think? Yeah. So if there's something today that you can implement, it's the next time you're designing a presentation, a mm -hmm. retreat, uh, even just a segment of a presentation, a YouTube video you're doing for something, whatever it is. Remember that little teeny tiny working memory and stick to that. What's your big idea? What's What do they have to know? And what's just nice to know? Oh, you know, that. what must they know and what's nice to know. And just refine that, refine that, refine that when you're designing your presentation and stick to the have to knows. And then it gets to that less is more that you were talking about. Um, and just let that question be like, oh, do they have to know this? Or is it just a nice to know? And if it's a have to know, say it. If it's a nice to know, maybe let it go. Yeah, because ultimately people don't buy to improve something. They buy and decide to do something because they're ready for something different or they want that change, right? Yeah. Like yeah. what I it's, always it's, say, it's, you know, people don't buy just to get better at doing something. They buy because what they're doing isn't working and they want to think about something else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah love yeah, it. Totally. Where can people find you? So they can go to legacycreative.com. That's our website on there. There's resources. We have free resources for people. If they're interested in a discovery call with myself or my team, they can do that there. I just sent everyone to our main core website because that is what where they can find us. And then from there, you can find my YouTube channel, my Instagram, my LinkedIn. I'm active on all of them still. So you can catch me any one of those places. But that's where we send people. So legacycreative.com. Such a great conversation. Thank you so much for all of the golden nuggets and all of the the takeaways for people listening. There was, there was a lot, there was a lot that we talked about, but, um, but I know that people listening are just going to get amazing value. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was an awesome conversation. Of course. Absolutely. So folks out there listening, if you want to connect with Andrea, please scroll down and find her website, legacycreative.com in the show notes. If you're interested in connecting with her, you will also find all of her social media handles there too. Um, and feel free to absolutely do that. There's an amazing amount of value in this conversation. So if you are a business owner, an entrepreneur, or a business leader, and you're thinking about what's next in your business and what we talked about is of interest to you, please reach out to Andrea and schedule that discovery call today. And on that note, if you think that this conversation has been really helpful for you and you know somebody that would benefit from it, please copy the link to this episode and send it to them as a free gift from me. Or if you like, you can connect with me on my website, 
at www.theallisonk.com and we will do it for you because this is how we create change. This is how we start a movement. And this is how we actually talk about some of the things that Andrea and I talked about around changing this whole perception about what a client experience is and what it should look like for you. Okay. So if that's you and you're interested in having your work featured here, again, connect with me on my site, www.theallisonk.com, and we can start the booking process with you because this is exactly why I do what I do so that we can celebrate and promote you. Um, that's what I got for you this week on the podcast. Please tune in next time. And until then, have a fabulous day. Mm-hmm.